Amen. So we started last week having a discussion on sacrifice. My goal, of course, is to continue with that conversation today. Um, I'm going to pray first. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, for this day, your grace, your mercy, your glory. Uh, Father, we find it uh, a blessing uh, to be able to call you a friend, uh, to be a part of the fold, uh, to be in relationship with you, God. Uh, We don't take uh, that moment for granted. God, we thank you that you are... Uh, truly unlocking something for us uh, every time we connect ourselves to you. Uh, Father, it is our belief that we are gaining greater ground. Uh, We're getting uh, a better advantage uh, simply because of the relationship that we have with you. Uh, It gives us uh, power over the enemy. God, we believe that uh, your word is filled with knowledge, filled with revelation, uh, filled with information to unlock uh, our next dimension in you. Uh, God, expose us to more of that word, expose us to more of that truth, and prepare us for uh, the seasons to come. Uh, We love you, we honor and praise you. It is in the mighty name of Jesus that we do pray. Amen. 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 Sacrifice. Who remembers what it meant last week? Who remembers what I said? Don't all raise your hands at once. Amen. Uh, So, uh, our discussion last week, I said... (laughs) that um, sacrifice is the act of giving up something valued for the sake of something else regarded as more important or more worthy. The things that you deem to be valuable in your life are not more worthy nor more important than God. Mm-hmm. And so the sacrifices that we are making on a daily basis are sacrifices that would ultimately get us to the place where God is. And so we have to be willing to sacrifice. Um, Can you read the definition? The act of giving up something valued for the sake of something else regarded as more important or more worthy. And our conversation last week, we started talking about um, these three components of uh, why people sacrificed in biblical time. I gave you three words, consecration, expiation, and propitiation. Consecration is being dedicated to a sacred purpose. Expiation was uh, that which was the act of making an atonement or the atoning or the covering of sin. And propitiation was to gain or to regain favor or goodwill. And so we started this discussion last week and our conversation last week uh, was derived out of the Old Testament and we really began to talk about what it looked like to sacrifice in Old Testament times. The expectation of sacrifice. How um, your ability to get God's attention oftentimes hinged on what you were willing to sacrifice. And so there were daily sacrifices that took place. Uh, There was a priest uh, that had prepared uh, an offering daily. There was a daily offering. There was an offering that, I may not have covered this last week, but there was an offering that was given in the morning and in the evening. 
there was a daily offering and the expectation is that they were constantly trying to influence and get God's attention. Uh, but in addition to that, there were often specific sacrifices that God demanded of them uh, and they were oftentimes required to bring uh, their best, their first, uh, their animals to sacrifice. There was an expectation and a preparation for uh, what that sacrificing process looked like, how they would kill the animal, um, how they would strip it, how they would have to remove the bones, how the blood would be drained, all these things, and then the expectation of bringing it to the altar, whether it was to burn it because it was a sweet fragrance or smell to him, or the expectation of the blood because it was to be the payment for the sins that the people felt victim to. We went on to discuss the first sacrifice, which was a sacrifice made by Cain and Abel. Mm -hmm. And we talked about how um, Abel gave a more, uh, he gave a better sacrifice. Uh, of course, he was the person that tended to the flock. His brother was responsible for the grain, uh, but God was specific in terms of what he demanded of them. And one of them did not meet the demand that God placed in terms of uh, the sacrifice that was rendered. And he found himself upset uh, because God didn't accept his sacrifice. And it wasn't that God was never going to accept it. It was a moment of correction for him. And of course, we have these moments where God will correct us or redirect us so that we would bring to him the thing that he's looking for. Uh, I jumped a little bit ahead of myself last week and I started talking about um, that we are a living sacrifice. And so in understanding all those things in relation to how sacrifice worked and what it looked like in the Old Testament, uh, it looks different today because the only <clears throat> expectation that God has is that you would be a living sacrifice. and. Everywhere where you saw or you see a need for sacrifice, you put yourself there yeah. because you're the living sacrifice. And so when God places the man on you to sacrifice, you have to ask yourself, what parts of you are you willing to give that you might get God's attention, that you might regain favor, that it would be the thing that allows you to stay connected or that you would be showcasing through your lifestyle that you're consecrated, that you're committed to something greater and bigger than you. But it doesn't stop there. So if we go to Romans, the lovely book of Romans, I believe it's chapter 12. When you get there, say amen. amen. <laughs> Romans chapter 12. Um, I'm in ESV, the English Standard Version. Uh, I'm in the English Standard Version. So Romans chapter 12, verse 1 reads... I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, 
holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship? Which is your spiritual worship? I'm going to come back. We'll kind of break this, break this down today. It goes on to say, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Amen? Amen. So there's this expectation when you sacrifice. And so we've been, we've been talking week over week, and I've been telling you that the closer you get to him, he reveals more of who he is, but it unlocks something for you. Amen? Amen. 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 When you sacrifice, when you are sacrificing, the Bible says that your sacrifice is your spiritual worship. Amen? Amen. So, so your willingness to sacrifice has, there's cause and effect. You do something and it affects something else. So your willingness to sacrifice does something spiritually that God honors. Your sacrifice is a form of worship. Because every time you think about what a sacrifice is, a sacrifice is an offering. Amen? Yeah. And so as you, as you bring yourself as an offering to God, this offering that you bring in the form of you, this offering that you bring in the form of you, when you come and you bring yourself to the place where God is and you offer yourself to him, this is a form of worship. Yeah. And you are showcasing your, ador your admiration and your adoration for him when you come and you're willing to deny you that you might give yourself to him. So your willingness to sacrifice becomes, in essence, an, a form of your worship. Amen. And so if you think about it this way, if your willingness to sacrifice in the spiritual realm unlocks something for you or becomes a form of worship unto the father, when you're not sacrificing to him and you're sacrificing yourself for something else, are you then opening yourself to worship something that does not look like him? Because if your worship, if your sacrifice is a, is a spirit, it says it's spiritual worship. When you sacrifice, it becomes worship to him. It's an offering to him. If it's not to him and it's to something else, what do you expose yourself to? What are you aligning yourself with? Because your sacrifice does something. Yeah. Old Testament, your sacrifice unlocks something that got God's attention. Man. And so if you are the living sacrifice, if you are the thing that is being offered, then you become the thing that gets God's attention. Yeah. And if you give yourself somewhere else, you are giving yourself the opportunity to then be vulnerable to something that you might end up worshiping. Yeah. Amen. He that will worship must worship in spirit and in truth. And so God is looking for you to, to, 
to put yourself in a place where you would only yield your sacrifices to him. Because God knows that every time you sacrifice, you start worshiping. And that's why you are to present your body as a living sacrifice to him. Because when you do it to him, you're unlocking worship. And as you begin to unlock more of who he is in, 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 the, in the realm of worship, it does something else. And so then the Bible says this. It says immediately after he gives them this text and he says to them in Romans 12 and 1, immediately after he gives them that piece, he says, I appeal. He's making an appeal. He's trying to get them. He's trying to get their attention. He's actually attempting to reason with these people at this particular moment. He's saying, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, that you would be holy and acceptable to God. This is your spiritual worship. He immediately says to them, do not be conformed to this world. Do not be conformed to this world because everything that this world suggests would lead you to believe that you don't need to make any sacrifices. Everything about how this world operates, everything about how things work on this realm and on this level would lead you to believe that you are not required to give yourself fully over to God. It's crazy. Because we deal, we deal in this place of fragmented relationships. And in, in, in our natural everyday lives, um, we don't find the value in giving ourselves over completely to any one thing or any one person. It's extremely fragmented. We, we, we retain pieces and parts of ourselves for us because we believe that we reserve the right to keep certain things for me. Yeah. And every time you keep pieces of yourself for you, you allow those pieces and those parts to be manipulated by something else. And if you do it spiritually, you leave those pieces and those parts of you for the enemy to manipulate because if it ain't for God, who is it for? Right. And so we deal in a realm present day where we're not fully committed to giving ourselves over fully to anybody. I mean, like even married folks kind of be like, well, I still got I do what I do like with my friends or I got my homies or like me and my homeboys go do this these days. Like and your wife might be like, "Nah, you can't play basketball today. (laughs) Nah, y'all can't go hang out and shoot pool like. But the, but the reality is, if we gave ourselves over fully, like we would we would experience uh, a complete bliss from what that relationship could offer if we gave it everything. But because we are afraid to be vulnerable because of the potential of being crushed, we won't do it. And because, you know, somebody that got hurt. Because you know somebody that had some church hurt or somebody's pastor let them down 
or somebody's first lady wasn't who they said they was or some of the mothers in the church said something off the wall to you at, at, at any particular point. Now you don't deem it necessary to be completely sold out to this thing. So you come and you flirt with the idea of being a believer or you flirt with the idea of giving yourself over fully to this church thing. But the reality is you keep pieces of you for you. And they're not really for you because somebody's going to get their hand on those parts of you. That someone is the enemy. So so here in the text, he immediately Mm -hmm. says, don't be conformed to this world. If you use the world's way of handling things, you'll be subject to doing the way things the way the world does it. That's his warning. Don't be conformed to this world. This world does things backwards. Don't be conformed to this world. They worship. They don't even know what they worship. That's what Jesus said to the woman in, 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 in the Gospels. You don't even know what you you don't even know who you worship. You don't even know what you're doing. You worship. You know not what. Be quiet. <laughs> Because we don't have a full grasp on what God's trying to do. That's why he says, don't do things without coming to me. All things to God in prayer. Don't lean on your own understanding. Come back to me because I'm going to direct your path. You don't have the capacity to do it on your own. Don't keep pieces for yourself because you will keep those pieces exposed. They're vulnerable. And those pieces need to be covered as well. So don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so Paul is trying to get these people on the same page with him about who God really is and what God's trying to do. And he's saying, listen, Old Testament time, they had to sacrifice differently. The only thing you have to do is stay committed to the walk, stay committed to being in the body, stay committed to giving your mind fully over to him. And if you do that, this worship exchange that you're going to have with him is going to unlock something for you that's going to change the course of how you see and do things. Keep walking. Keep reading it. He says, present your body as a living sacrifice. Don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind because Paul recognizes that the most powerful component that exists within you is your mind. How do you perceive it? What's your expectation? What are your thoughts about it? How are you going to think through it? What 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 are the things that you're going to do to truly understand what God is saying to you? Man, this part's powerful because if you can't Get on the same page with God. You can't hear God and you can't understand what God's trying to do. And your understanding is unlocked in the spirit because it's faith. For as far as the heavens are from the earth are your ways from my ways. So intellectually, you can't understand what God's trying to do. So the only way your mind is really transformed is in the faith. It's spiritual. Now, now you present your body as an offering. This offering that you present is a form of worship. Now that you're in in, in this this worship experience with God, God is saying, don't tap out and go back to the way you used to do things. Stay connected and be totally transformed and allow your mind to be renewed in me. 
And when your mind is renewed in me, then it says that by the testing, you may discern what is the will of God. So, so this is what you being a living sacrifice does. We understand what sacrifice is. We understand how God views it in terms of it becoming this exchange of worship because you are now an offering. But the key for you is every time you sacrifice, every time you present you, God unlocks a realm of understanding for you so that now you can discern what his will is. God cannot unlock. Let me say it this way. God isn't willing to. Let me go back to two, two Sundays ago. When I, uh, two, 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 weeks, two weeks ago on Saturday. Amen. Uh, I was saying to you when, when the disciples were having this conversation with Jesus and they were trying to figure out why he began to preach and teach in parables. He was saying to them that there are things that I want to reveal, but I'm only going to reveal those who believe and who follow. Everybody in the crowd, everybody in the masses, everybody that's here, all these folks that come to church, everybody in this room doesn't necessarily want the same thing. However, there are some who actually want something different. And that proved to be true with the disciples. And so what he would do is he would break the information down in greater detail in those moments, right? So I've, I've, I've retained a level of understanding only for those that are truly in fellowship with me. And he's saying the same thing here again in his word that, uh, that by the testing, they may be able to discern what is the will of God. The greatest thing that is going to happen in your life is your ability to understand what God's will is for you in these moments where you're being tested. That by the testing, that when you're going through some crazy scenario or you're in, you're in this place where you feel like you need to activate something that would allow you to understand what God's trying to do, that happens when you started sacrificing a long time ago. And those long-term sacrifices materialize into you being able to discern what God's will is. And so in these moments where you need to know what God is doing, those moments of revelation are unlocked a long time ago when you were sacrificing. That's why some people that come into the faith come in and immediately want to know what God is saying. You ain't sacrificed long enough. You haven't been offering you long enough. You haven't been in relationship with me long enough for me to reveal certain things to you. You've got to walk with me longer to know who I really am. Then I know I can trust you and I will say some stuff to you that's relevant for you. It's important to go through the process and to walk it out with him so that he can trust you with the revelation that he wants to give you. Because if I tell you some things right now, you might try to circumvent the process and jump right to the end and you're not ready. Because you still need to mature through the process and in those moments it's revealed what the will is. Now you know what to do. Because you've been walking with me. Right. Now you know what to Now I'll tell you what I want you to know because I can trust you with the information. Yeah. But he can trust you because you've been sacrificing. Yeah. 
You've been giving you to him for long enough for him to know I can trust you with whatever. And that's the same thing that's unlocked in any other relationship. My wife knows after 11 years, certain things I say to her, she can trust what I say when I say it because I've shown her over years, you can trust what I say. I can back up what I'm saying to you. My word now has weight. And God wants to have weight. He wants his word to have weight in your life. But you're only going to know that to be true if you live this life. If you really keep in Old Testament time, what they were doing, they kept trying to build relationship with sacrifice. If I bring sacrifice, I build relationship. Every time I bring something to the altar, I get God's attention. It reaffirms this place of favor with him. And I get back into the wheel. I get back into relationship. We start worshiping. You start unlocking. And you see my heart. Mm-hmm. But now you just got to do it by, by your lifestyle. Now your lifestyle dictates what that looks like, what that relationship cycle looks like with him. And because of other broken relationship cycles where you were never willing to sacrifice, you never really understood what it took. So now you don't understand what it takes. So you won't do it with God because you ain't did it with anyone else. Excuse my ebonics. You haven't done it with anyone else. And so now when God places that same demand on you, you 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 get weak and you quit ahead of schedule. So you never get the you you never get the revelation because the pressure of sacrificing was too much. You didn't want to give you didn't want to give anything up. You didn't deem it to be worthy then. It's worthy to you now cuz you want something. But but when you didn't want anything and it was just a worthy sacrifice because God demanded that from you, where was you at? Where where, where were you in the moments where it mattered? Where God was looking, saying, who will worship? Who, who can I find to work? Who can I find to sacrifice their time to show up at Bible class? Who, who can I find to sacrifice their time to show up to church, to, to, to worship and adore me in that place? Who can I find? I can't find nobody. And so in the moments where it matters, people are, they flaky. Now, in the moments where you want the revelation... You Johnny on the spot. And right. God like, I can't trust you with this. Right. You didn't put in the time. You didn't put the time in. You, you haven't sacrificed anything. Because your sacrifice, if you think about it this way in terms of an offering, your offering or your seed or the thing you give or what you sow, ultimately because of the law of reciprocity, will produce something. Yeah. And so now you haven't sacrificed anything. So now you don't have anything in the ground. Right. Amen. Now you got nothing in the ground. You got nothing to grow for you. And you ain't got nothing going for you. It's just a sad reality of the place that many believers find themselves in because they don't understand the necessity of sacrifice. They don't understand. And this is what I this is why I was trying to paint the picture last week when I was saying the altar's pretty today. Yeah. It's beautiful to look at. You can go into some churches and literally be completely captivated and in awe by what you see. But if you saw it the way it happened in the Old Testament where it was smelly and bloody and dirty and and, and gory, you would look at you different in terms of you being a living sacrifice. If you saw it that way, you see it this way. 
And so you see you this way. Right. Wow. You see the altar this way, so you see yourself this way in terms of what you're willing to sacrifice. So if you really understood, that's why I'm really trying to paint this picture of you going out and you getting that deer that you hit off the side of the road and you saying, God, let me bring this deer home. Let me, let me throw this deer on my back, put it on top of my car, take it to a place. Let me then go through the process of trying to prepare this offering so I can give it to you simply because I want to get your attention, simply because I think it's going to bring us in fellowship and you're going to honor what I'm doing. But you don't see you like that. So you don't see your sacrifice like that. So you give your sacrifice as whatever. I show up if I show up. I read my word if I feel like it. I pray if I feel moved. If I don't, I won't. So all the things that look like sacrifice for you today are drastically different. And so in essence, you don't really understand what sacrifice is. And it's a willingness to give up what you deem to be worthy for something that's more worthy. You ain't the best. That you have to, you, you know, the best that is out there isn't what you have right now. It's what you capture when you get him. So he says in the word, he says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And I, I think the beauty in that part of the text, it goes back to what I was saying in terms of how you deem or how you view this sacrificial process. Right. Your mind needs to be renewed about how you even view sacrifice. That by testing, you may discern what is the will of God. And it says, what is good? Sometimes believers begin to sell themselves short on what God has for them because you can't really discern what is good without getting revelation from God on what that is. And so you'll take something that is not the best that God has to offer for you because you aren't in a place to know what God has that's good. So this, look, this looks all right. This look all right to those that ain't a part of the family. Right. This look good to those that are not connected. This looks great for those that are completely tapped out. Yeah. But if you understood what sacrifice yields in your life, you would know what really is good from God. Amen. Man, that's crazy. Because some stuff looks good and it ain't God. Yeah. It's not God. And God is looking and he's like, you think that look good? <laughs> like literally like laughing. Like, man, you think that you do you really think that me as God would give you that and tell you that's the best I got for you? Yeah. No. But if you aren't in a place with him to understand him, yeah, that looks great. Right. It looks it look real good. It reminds me. <laughs> I'm, I'm tap out for like two seconds. It reminds me of the episode of <laughs> on the Cosby show where Theo wanted the Gordon Gartrell. And, you know, he didn't want to put up the money. He didn't want to sacrifice. 
what he needed to sacrifice to get what was good. So he took a substitute instead that he allowed his sister to make. And she was not capable. Hear me, man. She was not capable of producing at the same level. And so he puts the shirt on and he like, Denise, what is this? This is not a Gordon Gartrell. And what I'm saying to you is God has Gordon Gartrell quality that he wants to release in your life. But if you don't stay tapped in, you're going to get what your sister got to offer and it's going to be trash. I'm just trying to tell you. what. That's like how I see it right now. Make it plain. Come on, man. Make it and if you aren't willing to sacrifice, you can't. Let me let me say it this way. You can't have an expectation for the level of what God would release for you. If you aren't willing to sacrifice and get what it, you know, give what it takes to unlock that. Yeah. If Theo ain't willing to put up the money to get the Gordon Gartrell, he can't get the Gordon Gartrell. If you're not willing to sacrifice at the level with the expectation that God has for you, you will always get less than you deserve. It plagues us as believers. Plagues us as believers. Because the, the, the demand that God has on you is greater than the demand that you have on him. Yeah. That's good. And because you don't have a greater demand on God and a greater expectation for what he wants to do, you never produce at the level because your expectation doesn't take you there. Right. But I believe God's word. God says you can be renewed and you can be transformed and you can view it differently after you've been given the revelation that the only way you unlock that next level is to do something next level. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So he not only says that you would be able to discern what is good, but also what is acceptable and perfect. And so there are some things and I'm just, you know, just as as plain as I can make it. There are some things that as a believer should not be acceptable in your life. Amen. There are some things that you should not be willing to accept. You cannot fully discern what is acceptable if you are not in the place that God wants you to be in. And so it goes back to you thinking that certain things are good when they are not and you being willing to accept certain things that you shouldn't when you do. Certain things that you accept spiritually. Even with yourselves, certain things that you allow to happen should not happen. The expectation that you have for your encounters with God, your expectation for God, the revelation, what you are willing to accept has been downgraded by default because you won't sacrifice at the level that you should. So you accept things that you shouldn't in the spirit. Hear me. You accept things spiritually that you shouldn't accept. There are believers that are going uh, uh, weeks months and years even who've not heard God or, or the Holy Spirit release anything to them. Hear me. You couldn't discern his voice if you needed to and you've accepted that because you've accepted your sacrifice. And so God's trying to shift 
how you view sacrifice so that you can shift how you sacrifice so that you can acquire more of him. Not stuff. Him. Revelation, relationship, his voice, expectation, it all shifts when you really understand sacrifice. And, and don't downplay it because you realize that God will send you back to a starting point. Hear me. He'll send you back to the beginning of the line, to the back of the line, to start over. And it's not that you won't get your turn. It's just not, it's not your turn right now. He sent, he sent, and the story that we talked about last week with Cain and Abel, Abel gave a sacrifice that God received. Mm -hmm. Cain didn't. And he tried to address this with Cain and say, listen, man, this ain't the type of sacrifice that I'm looking for. Go back and do it over. He hung his head and was like, oh, this is not, this is not right. No, the reality is God gives you another chance to get it together yeah. and to do it the way you should do it. And to bring a sacrifice to him that is acceptable, that he can honor, that he will accept, that will be pleasing to him in the form of who you are when you make the necessary preparation. So this is a moment for you to look at you and say, hey, what can I do differently? How can I change the sacrifice of self that I bring and offer to God that I can unlock some new level with him? So that I can truly understand what it means when God says that he wants to release something that I that every time I sacrifice, I'm I'm showing my worship. And every time you're not, it's a form of worship, too. Yeah. It ain't the worship you're looking for. The, the worship where you where you won't go in, where you won't really go into that prayer closet, where you won't really go into that space, where you won't really put your face in this book where you will never lay yourself at the altar the way you should. There are people in church for years who will never lay themselves at the altar mm -hmm. and be the sacrifice that God is looking for. But that's the demand. Yeah. And the crazier the times, the more you may need to bring yourself and lay yourself at that altar as that sacrifice. Mm -hmm. And let God know, I'm, I'm right here. Mm -hmm. I'm right where you want me to be. Amen. I'm giving me to you at this altar. And I'm not leaving, I'm, I'm not walking away until you know that I left it all there. Every part of who I am is for you. Every expectation that I have has to be for him. Everything that I want to materialize in my life, I know only happens in him. So what am I going to do differently? Yeah. Amen. 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 38 minutes. Jesus Christ. Uh, God is good. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Well, uh, any questions, comments, um, aha moments?